Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. Thanks so much for joining me on my drive to work this morning. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. This season's been a bit of a roller coaster, but the past few games have been a bit of a roller coaster for the Lakers. Unfortunately, ending in some unfortunate outcomes. Uh, so far, three losses, one win on this road trip. We're going to jump into Celtics, Pistons, and Knicks. Let's get after it. All right, let's jump into the Friday night's game against the Celtics. The Lakers, end of end outcome wasn't good. Lakers got blown out like 130 to 102. Uh, rough game for the Lakers. I don't know if that was the, the actual final score. It's been a minute since the game happened and don't have it in front of me. But you get the gist. They lost by like 20 or 30 points. They got blown out by the Celtics in Boston. Not the outcome you like when you're a Lakers fan and you are rivals with the Celtics. So it was it was LeBron's first game back and the Lakers, you know, I was having trouble getting the feed of the game. So I didn't, watching it was really difficult for me unfortunately so but it's it's funny because the Lakers good players played pretty well Anthony Davis played pretty well LeBron it was his first game back wasn't in you know the shape that we're used to for LeBron but like he didn't play terribly and then uh, Russell Westbrook played decent as well it was just the rest of the team didn't really do much you know it was there wasn't a whole lot going on for the Lakers in that game and they get blown out by the Celtics which is which is a bummer. And it's funny because like I because I was having trouble watching the game, I was trying to look at the stats and like how the Lakers shot versus how the Celtics shot and all that stuff. And it looks way closer than the outcome of the game. So, I need to go back and like watch the game a little bit more in depth, honestly. I haven't had a chance to do that. Um, but yeah, I need to watch the game a little more in depth because it's funny cuz the Lakers shot decently well, I mean compared to how they've been shooting and the Celtics shot similarly. They shot a little bit better, but not blow out the Lakers better by 20 to 30 points. You know, it was funny funny in that situation. So, bummer, Lakers lose to the Celtics, which I think made them 8-9 and nine on the season. And then on Sunday, they got a few days, went up to Detroit to play the Pistons, and all hell broke loose in that game, to say the least. <laughs> so, the Lakers end up winning that game. 121 to 116. It was a close game. Lakers showed some heart. They were down by like 17 at one point in the game. They come back. Um, they show heart because, and I think it was the third quarter. Um, LeBron James hits Isaiah Stewart in the face with his fist. Um, he made it look kind of inadvertent at first, but if you look at it, it looked like he did it more on purpose which you know is a little dirty it wasn't definitely wasn't 
LeBron's not a dirty player, but I think I saw someone say those or tweet this, right? LeBron's not a dirty player, but that play was pretty dirty. Um, hitting him in the face like that. Whether he meant to hit him in the face or not, maybe he was trying to hit some other part of his body. It's possible, but LeBron hit him in the face. He started bleeding. Uh, looked like he was in a boxing match with Rocky Balboa. Uh, and and then all hell, <laughs> excuse me, and then all hell broke loose. Um, Isaiah Stewart just went nuts. I don't know if like LeBron said something to him. I don't know if he, I, I don't know what happened, like what the details were of what happened. I haven't seen really anything about that. But basically, like LeBron, so it's at a free throw, right? LeBron and Isaiah Stewart are next to each other. LeBron hits him in the face uh, on like go, after the shot goes up. Like, they're going for the rebound. Like, LeBron's trying to box him out. Hits him in the face. Um, and then after the play, LeBron says something to him, I think. Or, or Isaiah says something to LeBron. Not sure who says what, what's being said. But something said. And then Isaiah Stewart goes nuts. He wants to kill LeBron. Like, literally, like, he looked like he wanted to... He, wanted, he looked like he wanted to kill somebody. It was, it was absolutely wild. Um, they had to break him up. It honestly was... It looked like it was just as bad as what started the Malice of the Palace, which is funny that this happened in Detroit again, but it, it really was as bad as what happened to start the Malice of the Palace. Like, Malice of the Palace, if you remember, back in, like, 2003 or 2004 or whatever year that was, um, Ben Wallace gets gets fouled hard by, I think it was Ron Artest. It was either Ron Artest or Jermaine O'Neal, I forget. Um, ben Wallace, like, shoves him. It starts as, it starts as brawl. And it wasn't, like, that bad of a fight until, like, the fans started throwing stuff, and, it, and then it got really bad, got really out of hand. Um, same situation here. Like, it, 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 there is there is a world in which that gets way worse than it even was. So, Isaiah Stewart... It needs to get contained. The leg, like both teams are kind of like not fighting each other, but trying to hold each other back almost. Um, certain players are wanting to like getting ready to fight. Basically, Isaiah Stewart starts like he breaks free and is like sprinting down the court at somebody. I don't know if it's a Russell Westbrook, if it's LeBron, but he's sprinting at somebody, and then they're trying to take him back to the locker room and. He, uh, Isaiah Stewart, like, breaks free and, like, sprints into the locker room as if he's, like, going after somebody back there. I don't know if he's, like, trying to find LeBron back there because I think LeBron got ejected for a flagrant two. Um, <laughs> I don't – it was wild. So LeBron gets ejected. Isaiah Stewart gets ejected. The Lakers are playing without LeBron for the majority of the second half. And – it wasn't, it wasn't like the Lakers came together and came back right away to win that game, like in a team unity kind of thing. It was like that all thing happens. Detroit comes out, builds on their lead, and then um, the Lakers finally start making a comeback. Russell Westbrook, uh, Anthony Davis, storm back. I think Anthony Davis had like 30-plus points against Detroit. Uh, he had a really good game in Detroit. Lakers end up holding it on and winning by five, one twenty-one to one sixteen, um, which is good. It's good to get a win. I won't mention that the 
Pistons are four and eleven and one of the worst teams in the East Con- Eastern Conference, and the Lakers are struggling to beat them. But uh, good to get a win, nonetheless. So it brings the Lakers to nine to nine, and that takes us to last night's Tuesday night against the Knicks, and another. I mean, it was a roller coaster of a game, right? Lakers come out dead on just. DOA dead on arrival. Lakers can't hit a shot. They're not playing defense. Just absolutely awful basketball being played by the Lakers at the beginning of the game in the first half against the Knicks. Lakers got down by 25 at one point. Honestly, I want to say it was like even more. Like I felt like it was like 30, but at least 25. Uh, they, I mean, the Knicks, to their credit, were hitting a bunch of shots. They were, they were shooting. The lights out from three. They were hitting... Julius Randle was hitting contested shots over Anthony Davis. Like, it was... They were playing good basketball offensively. And the Lakers just couldn't get anything anything to go on their offensive side. So, that's part of the story. Uh, But also, at the same time, the Lakers weren't playing good defense. Like, the reason that the Knicks were hitting their threes and hitting shots for a team that's not, like... Like, they're not a great shooting team, you know? Like, they shouldn't be killing the Lakers with three-pointers and stuff. But the reason they were is because the Lakers were leaving the Knicks wide open. Every single shot, every shot that they had was basically wide open, you know? So, like, it's it's not a surprise that the Knicks are killing you if you're giving them wide open threes. Like they're, <laughs> I guess the Lakers are the only team that miss wide open threes. If I, if that's like that's what I'm used to. I'm used to seeing missed threes from you know when they're wide open. Knicks hit hit the wide open threes that the Lakers were giving them, and the Lakers couldn't keep up offensively in the first half, at least the first quarter. The, the Lakers almost gave up 40 points in the first quarter. It was like 40. It was like 39 to like 18 or something in the first quarter. Just absolutely awful. The Lakers can't play defense. It's unbelievable. Like, it's... It is the most... I, like, almost can't believe that the Lakers are that bad at defense. I know people say, like, oh, they're not a good... Frank Vogel. Why is Frank Vogel starting four players that can't play defense or whatever it is, you know? They're professional basketball players. What do you mean they can't play defense? Like... If they can't play defense, if like they're if it's a known thing that they can't play defense, like that's not their thing, then they shouldn't be on the court. Honestly, like I under, I got it, I get it. Like a few years ago, when James Harden was on the Rockets, and like he was just awful on defense, but he was making up for it by being like by putting up like fifty points. Right, that's one thing. It's still not preferred. I would still be upset if I was. A Rockets fan back then, and I had a guy that was like just not even trying on defense. It would still be frustrating, but at least he's putting up 50 points, you know? Like, in this case, we have like Carmelo Anthony just like getting lost where he is on defense, not paying attention, leaving guys wide open in the corner. Um, also, like, I the way Carmelo plays defense with his hands just like in the guy's like waist. It's like, no, they're going to call you on a foul every single time. That's a fundamental basketball 101. Don't put your hands on the guy you're guarding, you know? Like, obviously, as it gets close, like, when you're closer to the basket, you're posting, you're playing, like, you're uh, playing deny defense, or you're, like, 
guarding some guy posting you up and denying him, you can have, like, your hands on him a little bit, you know? But if a guy has the ball and he's dribbling and you have your hands in the cookie jar and you're touching him on the waist and stuff, they're going to call foul. They, they, I mean, that happened a couple times last night against the Knicks where they called fouls on Carmelo Anthony because he was doing exactly what I was just, just explaining. And he's looking around like, what? That's a foul? It's like, no, duh, dude. Like, get your hands off of him. Slide your feet. I get it that you're, I get you're 36 years old. You're old. Like, I'm 27 and I feel old when I play basketball, so I can understand. I mean, obviously, I'm not an NBA professional athlete, so, like, my 27 to Carmelo's 36 is probably a little different, but, like, still, come on, you know? Like, you are an NBA professional athlete that's getting significant playing time for a team that's supposed to be a championship contender and you can't play defense. So, that's my rant for today. At least for now. I mean, like, I just... <laughs> the Lakers can't play defense. It's unbelievable. Like, there is, like, multiple times where the Lakers would... Pro- I'm assuming they were... These were plays where they were scoring. I wasn't paying that close of attention. I should go... I should have gone back and looked, but... I'm assuming they're plays where the Lakers scored. The Lakers weren't getting back on defense close enough. Or, like, quick enough. And the Knicks were running back on offense. There was a guy... This happened multiple times. This, one, this wasn't just one time. There's a guy in the corner, like, on the baseline that just, like, he's, like, at the corner three spot. Lakers aren't getting all the way back. They don't know there's a guy behind them. And he cuts baseline wide open dunk. This happened, like, two or three times. Like, this should, that should happen zero times. That should happen zero times in a high school basketball game. Like, that's, you literally, like, if you've ever played football... You know, you know that the safety his if there's if he has one job, it's don't let a receiver behind him. When you're on defense on in basketball, if you have one job, it's to get back and know where your man is and not let the guys get behind you. Like in any sport, if the opponent gets behind you, it's a bad thing. I know they have like penalties for that in soccer and and hockey, like offside penalties or whatever. But at a certain point, you can get behind the defense. Legal, like legally in the game and that's a bad thing anytime the defense is behind you or the opponent is behind you you're usually screwed so uh unbelievable that that happened three times oh and guess what the lakers lost 106 to 100 so they came back they actually finally got their stuff together they come back they at one point i don't know like they if they had any leads it was only early in the game right so they end up getting like a one point lead at one point in the fourth end of the third or early fourth quarter um and they yeah so they get, they get the lead at one point like a one point lead they end up losing it they in the fourth quarter get down by as much as like 12 points again they turn it back on like the thing was the Lakers in the first quarter no juice I think the score is 38 to 20 39 to 20 something like that in the first quarter Lakers are down by almost 20 points in the first quarter um and then second quarter they play a little better they get I think they're down like what were they down like 11 at halftime so when you're down by as much as 25 in 
like the first half to be down by 11 at halftime, not too bad. Lakers really turned it on in the third quarter. Made the come. That's where they made the comeback. They got within like a point. They tied the game. They had a one-point lead at one point. And then in the fourth quarter, they go flat again. Can't hit a shot. They went like two for nine from three at one point in the fourth quarter. Um, go down by 12. And then they turn it back on. Make it a five-point game. End of the day, they end up losing by six. So, definitely a very winnable game. It's not like they like just didn't have it. It was just a roller coaster of a game. First quarter, they didn't have it. Second quarter, they kind of were building a comeback. Third quarter, they execute the comeback. Fourth quarter, they go flat again. Like, I think Frank Vogel said something in the in the post game about uh, we we just came out slow in the first quarter. Well, what about the fourth quarter? The first quarter, you scored twenty points. The fourth quarter, you scored eighteen points. Lakers only scored eighteen points in the fourth quarter. Their worst quarter of the game, from a at least a point scoring standpoint, was the fourth quarter. So you do all you you spend all this energy, do all this work to build to to make a comeback. You have the lead at one point, and then you just fall flat on your face again in the fourth quarter. Only score eighteen points. Now some of that, a lot of that, people would you know are gonna be upset with Frank Vogel on. Um, for the lineups he had out there. Some people are going to just be upset about missed shots. Um, you know, it's a, little bit, it's a little bit of everything, right? Like, maybe Frank Vogel had guys out there for too long that shouldn't have been out there. Maybe he, you know, maybe it was just like they just went cold again and they just weren't hitting shots. You know, it's a little bit of all. It's a little bit of, of the above. Like, you can't play Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis the entire game, unfortunately. If they could, if Frank Vogel could, he would. I don't think he's purposefully keeping them out of the game or anything. Um, but the lineups, and again, we have to. It's easy to be frustrated with the Lakers team because even without LeBron, even with the guys that are injured, it seems like they should be winning these games. These are all very winnable games for the players that they have on the court. But at the same time, as we, I mean, that's it's been the the asterisk or the caveat to everything I say or to everything anyone says about the Lakers so far, is LeBron's been out for like eleven games, um, or Trevor Ariza hasn't suited up, Kendrick Nunn hasn't suited up, THT came in late. Oh, and by the way, THT's been playing like crap the last three games. He had what was it? two points against the Celtics I think he had eight points against the Pistons and zero points last night against the Knicks so uh, and he's the guy that's been a starter for the Lakers while LeBron's been out he's been taking LeBron's place you can basically insert THT where LeBron would have been and that's what we're that's what we've been getting the last three games so and he and I mean he came out and was putting up 20 points 18 points was playing really well his first few games of the season so I'm not saying that he's been crap the entire time I'm just saying he's been crap the last three games. So that doesn't help. Um, we just need guys. To, the thing is, is like if we're going to have injured players, we need guys to step up and play well. That means offensively. That means defensively. If we're not going to have LeBron, we have to know that Russell Westbrook, you're going to have to take – you're going to have to play better offensively and defensively. Carmelo, you're going to have to step up. Anthony Davis has to step up. All of the above. Um so the injuries it's a you know that's been a bit of a caveat and there's something to it I mean like you can't just write it off 
But at the same time, these are very winnable games for the Lakers. They should be they should be able to beat the Celtics. They're not none of these games, even back going back to last week against the Bucks, none of these games have been against teams that have been playing well this season. They're all teams that have been playing the same as the Lakers at least. Like they're they have similar records. They're all, you know, eight and nine, eight and ten, four and eleven. Just like the Lakers. The Lakers are uh, what are they now? Nine and ten, I think. Um, so we're nineteen games into the season, and the Lakers—they're struggling. You know, something has to happen, right? Like whether it's getting guys back from injury and keeping them healthy. Can we wait for that to happen? Is it making a trade? Is it, you know, I don't know. A lot of people would say it's making a change at head co- at head coach. A lot of people are out for for Frank Vogel's head right now. I don't know that it's entirely his fault. Like, unless, and I tweeted this last night, unless the players are not giving their full effort on both ends of the court because they've lost trust and respect for Frank Vogel or, or didn't have it to begin with, unless that's the reason, there's no reason to fire Frank Vogel yet or right now. Like, Frank Vogel, in his first year, won us a championship. In his second year, he it was a disappointing year, but the Lakers also were dealing with injuries. LeBron and Anthony Davis didn't play together for like three quarters of the season. And aside from Anthony Davis getting hurt again against the Suns in the first round, the Lakers were on their way to beat the Suns in the first round, a team that ended up going to the championship. You know, So I'm not saying the Lakers were going to win the championship had Anthony Davis not gotten hurt. But the Lakers were rolling. The Lakers were on the verge of winning that series, and an injury got in the way. So injuries do play a bit. Injuries do play a bit. Play a big role. And a head coach can't control that, you know, unless he's like telling the players, "Don't go to treatment. Don't go to the training staff." Like, unless he's saying those types of things, like it's not necessarily his fault that the players are getting hurt, you know. So I don't know that I'm. I also the thing is with the head coach thing. If you're going to fire Frank Vogel, what's who's the alternative? I'm not super keen on uh, or super aware of who is out there on the coaching market. You know who's who's available. Is there anyone better than Frank Vogel at this point? I don't know. We can't unless like the only way that Frank Vogel gets gets fired is if LeBron goes to Rob Palenka or whoever. Genie bus, whoever it is, and says like Frank has lost control of the of the locker room. We don't respect the t- players. Don't respect him. Um, time to move on. That's the only way I see it happening. Really, I don't think that the Lakers' troubles so far. Like Frank Vogel's a de- defensive head coach. Like he focuses on defense, and he has the Lakers playing in two a two three defense because they're so incompetent defensively. That's not Frank Vogel's fault. Like Frank Vogel had like he. He's in a position where he's now having to coach fundamentals of defense to NBA players and putting them into two, three defensive sets in different zone defenses because they can't stay in front of their their guy. Um, I saw a tweet that the Lakers made their run in the third quarter against the Knicks by changing up defensively and like switching more on defense instead of like getting caught chasing guys, which that's good. Like if that works, let's do that. You know, I think, I think Frank Vogel is really 
experimenting what he can do with this team defensively. And there's a lot of limits. There's a lot of limitations. So I don't really blame Frank Vogel for the problems that we're having so far. I blame injuries. I blame uh, effort. And and then maybe I'll blame Frank Vogel and like some of the lineups. Why are we starting DeAndre Jordan? I don't know. I don't know why we're starting DeAndre Jordan. Like, if it's an injury thing, then okay, maybe. But we're still starting him when LeBron's back. Our, our starting lineup is literally like Avery Bradley, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and DeAndre Jordan. And I get maybe an argument where Frank Vogel's like, well, we won a championship playing big in 2020. So let's, like, let's do it work. Like, let's keep let's keep uh, doing what, what works that one time, you know? I can understand that maybe... But you have to look at the team and see that, like, Russell Westbrook shooting, like, he shot better from three last night against the Knicks, but he's shooting, like, 28% from three. Avery Bradley's probably been the best three-point shooter of the starting team. LeBron, he came out start to start the season, was shooting really well from three. Anthony Davis has been kind of struggling from three, and obviously DeAndre Jordan's not shooting threes. Lakers' best three-point shooter has been Dwight Howard, if you haven't noticed. He's, like... He's like six for eight from three on the season. So maybe we should just put him out there so we can spread the floor with him. <laughs> um, so the lineups are, are have been a bit frustrating, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I How much does a starting lineup really affect the game, right? Like, if you're going to make adjustments during the game anyways, like if DeAndre Jordan's not – he could start. DeAndre Jordan could start, but he can also only play four minutes if Frank Vogel wants him to. Like, a starting lineup isn't a limitation on who has to play the most minutes in the game. So I don't really know what the Lakers, like... If the Lakers started playing with more effort defensively, I think that would fix most of their problems. I think that's truly what's the what the main issue is right now. Like, you look at the game last night against the Knicks, and the Lakers weren't playing good defensively. They weren't putting in any effort defensively, giving up wide-open threes, and they're getting blown out. They turned things on in the second quarter and the third quarter, played better defensively, and they made a comeback. And it was a tie game by, like, the end of the third quarter or whatever. Like, they they gave, they gave the Knicks a 25-point lead, and they were able to whittle it down to a tie game and even take the lead at one point before losing the game by six. So, you can't tell me that wasn't a winnable game. You know, you can't... The Lakers, like... And and Russell Westbrook in his post-game interview was like, yeah, we just got to give more effort. Yeah, no... Duh. Like, come on. Like, why don't we do it then? We just got to give more effort. Okay, then do it. Win some games. Like, if the Lakers played with... And I... We're 19 games in an 82-game season. I understand it's a marathon, not a sprint... But you got to do what you got to do to win games. If you don't win games, you don't make the playoffs. If you don't win games, you don't get the seed you need in the playoffs. And then if you don't win games, you don't win in the playoffs, right? So at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do to win games. And if that means giving more effort and and coming into the playoffs a little bit more tired, then that's what happens. Sorry. Like, you got to win games. So I'm uh, – I don't I, – I can't take the we need to put out more effort excuse much longer because at a certain point you're going to run out, run out of time. Like 20 games into the season, 19 games into the season, okay, 
we're figuring things out. We're trying to build chemistry. Frank Vogel's playing with or coaching with a brand new team. Like, I get there's certain hurdles to get over. It's not just a plug and play kind of situation. I know people want it to be that. I want it to be that. I get that it's not that. So, um, yeah, it's it, it takes time, right? But at a certain point, we got to start winning games. So there's a, there's other teams that are struggling too. It's not just the Lakers. The Bucks are struggling. Um, Celtics are struggling. The Knicks are struggling. They're not that good of a team either. They're I mean, to the point of like, the Lakers aren't that good of a team right now. So like, the Knicks aren't that good of a team either. Um, so it's frustrating to lose those types of games. But I think the Lakers will figure it out. They'll figure something out. Rob Pelinka is a smart GM. I think that there's this team looks way better on paper. Like the names sound really cool and all that stuff. But I think we're learning that on the court, it's a bit of a disaster. It doesn't work out quite as well as we had hoped. Um, so I think I, Rob Pelinka is smart. He's a good GM. Hopefully he doesn't get in, get in his own way and realizes what needs to be done in order for this Lakers team to be successful. And I think that is moving off some players, trading some players, uh, being active in the buyout market and whatnot. So hopefully we see a lot of moves from Frank Vogel, or not Frank Vogel, from Rob Palenka at some point, and the Lakers start to get things done. Trevor Ariza should be back soon. I don't know off the top of my head what the timetable is for him. Kendrick Nunn, I need to look into. So we'll get more into that uh, in the next episode, the injuries and when when guys will be coming back. Um, Lakers play tonight, Wednesday night. There, It's a back-to-back in Indiana against the Pacers. The Pacers are another team, just like the Knicks, just like the Celtics, just like the Bucks, that are right around 500. You know, play, they're just inconsistent. When you're a 500 team, you're, that means you're inconsistent. You play some good games, you play some bad games. And, um, you know, right now the Lakers are in the midst of playing some bad games. So hopefully they can turn things around. Um, I didn't mention, so LeBron James was suspended. I This totally slipped my mind. I meant to say it after we, I was done talking about the Detroit, the Detroit game. So LeBron was suspended um, after the altercation in, in Detroit. So he missed last night's game against the Knicks. So that's another thing is like LeBron, if we have LeBron in that game, I think it's a different game. I think the Lakers do come back and win that game. I was so used to LeBron being hurt that I just was talking as if he was still hurt, but he's not hurt. He's back. He's playing. He just was he just was suspended against the Knicks last night. So again, I know it's frustrating because he doesn't get suspended. The Lakers probably win that game. At least they have a better chance of winning that game, but they don't. Um, so tonight, it's a back-to-back game. LeBron will be back. It was only a one-game suspension, so it'll be good to have LeBron back on the court. Having LeBron back on the court doesn't necessarily mean the Lakers will win, uh, i.e. the Boston Celtics game on Friday, but it gives them a better chance. And I like it because back-to-back on the road is tough, um, but it's good that LeBron... At least it's nice that LeBron had the rest and he can come back and play uh, with some rest tonight against Indiana. I would rather have had him, obviously last night against the Knicks, but if there's one if there's one positive, it's it's positive that he got some rest. So at least we'll have one player that's rested up. Uh, you know, I I think the Lakers 
there's no it's hard to make predictions with this Lakers team because I don't know which team I'm getting each and every night most nights it's the team that doesn't give any effort on defense and is just barely good enough on offense to keep the game interesting so I'll assume that that's the Lakers I'm getting tonight and if that's the case then it'll be a close game Lakers will probably um, have a deficit at some point they'll probably be down by 12 points at some point come back make it a close game and I'm honestly like not holding my breath on this Lakers team right now I'm not expecting them to win tonight against Indiana if they win that's awesome do I think they should win yes I think they should win do I think they will win I'm not banking on it I think back-to-back nights on the road it's starting to get kind of cold in Indiana you know I don't know I think the Lakers probably don't win tonight against Indiana and maybe that maybe losing maybe having such a poor road trip will push the Lakers into making some moves making some changes or maybe we'll just have to wait for injuries to happen who knows um but yeah it's a tough it's been a tough season so far for the Lakers especially considering we were I came into the season hoping the Lakers could be championship contenders at this point I'm I'm hoping the Lakers can make the play-in tournament I mean and that's not that's not me being doom and gloom like the Lakers have been consistently playing inconsistent you know they've been playing pretty poorly consistently this season so if they keep it up I mean right now they're in the ninth seed I think in the west depending on how other teams did last night maybe they're like 10th seed but they're like in the ninth or 10th seed in the west based on their record 19 games in if they keep playing this way, they're going to be playing in the play-in tournament. So, like, I'm just at this point hoping they can stay. Like, if they could get, you know, into the sixth seed, that'd be awesome. If they could not have to play in the play-in tournament, that's great. Um, I don't see the Lakers necessarily turning it on and jumping up to the third seed. You know, if they do, that's awesome. But I don't really see that happening at this point. And... A lot of people have compared this team, this Lakers team, to the. Um, a lot of people have compared this Lakers team to LeBron's Cavaliers team in 2018. This was the team that started the season with like Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose, um, and they had like all these veteran guys on the team. On paper, looked kind of cool, looked good. Uh, in reality, they were not good. I remember through January, people were questioning if they would even make the playoffs. That's how bad it was for the for the Cavs. Um, that being said, the Lakers or the Lakers, the Cavs were able to turn things around. Even I forget what seed they ended up in in uh, in the playoffs, but they were able to get things done. Partially because LeBron is LeBron, and the East Eastern Conference back then wasn't that good. It didn't have as much parity as we see in the Eastern Conference now so it's hard to compare those two situations only because LeBron I mean LeBron's still really good but I mean he's he's missed 11 games with an injury well he's missed 10 games with an injury one game with a suspension he's we're not seeing him like attack the basket nearly as much this season in the games he has played which makes me wonder if he's really feeling like he needs to save himself if he's not feeling as much himself i mean he's he's old 
he's one of the oldest guys in the league right now. Um, he's not the kind of guy that can really put the team on his back. And I, my guess is that's really why he was pushing for the Lakers to trade for Russell Westbrook is because on, on paper, at least, Russell Westbrook is the kind of guy that can put the team on his back if uh, if needed. We've He did that a little bit last night against the Knicks. He put up some good numbers. He had like 30 points uh, and a triple-double. So he played well. I'll give him that for someone that has been a Russell Westbrook hater this season so far. He played well against the Knicks. He put the team on his back. The Lakers just couldn't get it done. Um, he's not the, he's not this he's not LeBron, right? He's not the same type of leader that LeBron is. Um, unfortunately, Anthony Davis isn't really that either. I think he's becoming a little bit more like that, but um, he doesn't. There, LeBron has an ability to has an ability to put the team on his back in a way that no other player besides Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant has really ever been able to do. Um, Giannis, I guess, did that in the in the finals. Giannis is another guy up there who's able to do that. Um, there, Kevin Durant is another player. There's a handful of players that can do that, right? And LeBron James is one of them. So I can see why the Lakers would be pushing for um, getting Russell Westbrook for that reason, right? If LeBron is feeling like he can't put the team on his shoulders anymore or not as much as he used to be able to. I could, I could buy that argument. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I just don't think you can compare this Lakers team to LeBron's 2018 Cavs team that went to the finals even though they were really bad in January because LeBron's not I just don't know if LeBron has that same stamina and ability as he did in 2018 and the Eastern Conference was not good back then and the Western Conference is good and the Lakers are in the Western Conference obviously so it's not like you can just lollygag your way into a you know into a seventh seed and then run the table. So, hopefully the Lakers can turn it on. Hopefully the Lakers can uh, start getting some wins and then figure things out and get some guys back from injury and uh, start winning some games. Um, Anyways, thanks guys so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving, a happy Thanksgiving. I may have an episode on Friday. I've been enjoying doing the Friday episodes. Um, I, I did a little mailbag segment. If you didn't listen to that episode, I did a little five-minute mailbag segment. So I think I'm going to start doing that, start posting stuff on, like, Instagram stories and, and Twitter and TikTok and, and get some, some questions in and do a little mailbag Friday. So thank you guys again so much for listening. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!